Hey, we got the ski report coming up a little bit later on. Huge news. It keeps snowing. 33 centimeters and counting at Marmot Basin right now. Oh, they have needed it, man. That is unreal. For all of you who are looking to uh, get out on the skis or the boards, whew, 33 centimeters of fresh powder right now at uh, Marmot Basin. They just tweeted out a picture. It looks, If you're a skier, it looks unbelievable. That is uh that is awesome. Uh, welcome back to the Gregor Show on Sports 1440, Orders Nation YouTube and Facebook. Thanks as up. Man, the text I've been humming today on the uh, Adam Graves, Ray Shepard. And then, of course, I knew it. The, uh, the, the uh, recommendations for the uh, Donair, because uh, Mike Rupp has never had a Donair. I'm picking him up downtown Sunday in the afternoon before the Orders Penguins game. And uh, I'm going to take him for a Donair. So uh, you've got uh, lots of good uh, uh, locations of... I don't remember the names of the place. I'll save them. The, the Marco's Famous. People are loving that one across from uh, Grant McEwen. Queen Donair on 109th and Jasper. I'm going to have to do some research here. This is important. It's a very important decision. So we'll get to that. PlayAlberta.ca. Hey, if you like it, try it. Sports for, You can use the uh, promo code SPORTS50. Not 1440. That'd be a little too much. But uh, SPORTS50 will get you a free $50 bet at PlayAlberta.ca for first-time users. Check it out now. Good luck. It's time now for the Spec Report, brought to you by GS Construction. Top women, top men, laborers, pipe layers, pipe layer helpers. Man, they got it all, and they are looking because they are booming, and uh, they need some great workers. Is that you? If it is, go to Indeed.com and look up GS Construction. And they're huge sports fans, so you'll fit right in. Mark Spector. From uh, Rogers Sportsnet joins us. Uh, Spec. Good uh, Thursday afternoon, uh, man. You're probably just drooling, wishing to get out to Marmot for some skiing. Man, you're talking all my favorite things: skiing, pizza. Like, holy man, <laughs> I'm you, I'm surprised I stayed for I'm surprised I stayed for this interview. I should be a little puff of smoke here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you know it's funny when you watch the game last night. The, the first five minutes was an unmitigated disaster. Like the, uh, the I'm like, do the orders know there's a game going on right now? Like, you have two nurse and CC behind the net on the one on the penalty kill. The both forwards grossly overload. Robert Thomas was wide open, allowed to walk right in and snipe one. And then they, and they actually had a few other chances that uh, were, you know, that they didn't capitalize on. They could have been three, four, nothing in five minutes. But then the owners are just like, okay, game on. And I thought they really controlled the majority of the game after a horrific first five minutes. You know, there's a couple things about teams. Like sometimes you get a team, Jay, that they can't win at home, but they can win. They win on the road all the time. And I always look at that team and say, you know what? They're going to be fine because it's harder to win in the road. It takes more character, more there's more adversity. They're going to figure it out. When I see a team that can only win at home and can't win on the road, I go, yeah, you got a lot to prove for me. So to, to equate that to this Oilers team, yeah, they're starting lousy and they're having a problem with, you know, 10 and 12 minute spans in games and, and things. But you know what they are? They're a team that owns the third period. Mm-hmm. They're a team that isn't afraid of deficit. They're a team that you can't score enough early goals on and think they're out of the game. Those are all the hard things to be. Fixing that first five minutes, it, it, you can do that. Come playoff time, come important time. Guys, that'll go away. But to, in my estimation, the ability to come back from a 2 nothing lead, the ability to be 
as I think maybe tied with Florida, but the best third period team in the National Hockey League, that's not going anywhere. And that's a really valuable trait. Yeah, Edmonton is plus 23 in the third. Florida is uh, plus 24. However, they've played two extra games, so they've had two extra third periods. So if Edmonton could even win a third period, one nothing, uh, they would be tied with them. So yeah, that's a, that's a big factor. Um, you know, obviously the, uh, the orders in the, now they still outscore teams in the first period. They just, uh, they give up more goals than they would like in, uh, 56 and played fewer games. Um, the nurse, CC pairing spec, I thought was, and I'm just going to focus more on nurse here for a bit. Um, I think he's obviously a key point of the team. November, December, January, I thought he was excellent. Um, he, he made a lot of really good plays and very few bad plays. Um, lately, all of a sudden, nurse, when he gets in trouble, it's when he tries to do too much. It's never, you know, like you can't get mad at a guy for trying, but you're like, nurse has got to pull back the reins a little bit. He seems to be into that area where he's like, I gotta, I gotta do everything. Right. And, and less is more for 25. Yeah. You know, every player has their, their, a fallback where they have flaws. Like who's one Leon Dreisaitl, great player, man, 50 goal, hundred point man. When he's not playing well, he's dishing high danger passes tr- through three sticks that never get to the intended receiver. Right. That's how we know Leon's having a bad stretch. With Nurse, you're right. When Nurse's game is at its simplest, he's at his best. When he's not playing as well, you see what we saw. He's running around. He's trying to do other guys' jobs. He's probably leaning towards offense too much, for sure. Uh, you know, in the end, if a player plays 80 games a year, he's you know going to give you 65 good ones and 15 not as good ones and that's where nurses maybe at at this he's maybe he's having his downturn he was awfully good for 35 games yep. there, boy i mean really good he's yeah. always having a bit of a bad run and, and frankly last night he snapped to attention after the first two goals he was pretty darn good the rest of the game so it's listen there's no perfection and you pointed out that's when nurse is at his worst is when he's gets trying to do too many things he'll figure it out yeah no no i agree he'll figure it out i just think it's you know you know there's a lot of talk about us oh, so cc they need an upgrade and sure but like i said show me the upgrade that that's available um i i, I don't yeah. like chris tanov was clearly one um you know the, the interesting one is you know people said what about nick jensen well nick jensen in washington would be an upgrade i would agree with that he's got three years left um Washington, like they got Ovi. Like, I don't know if they're going to get rid of everybody. That, that would be an interesting one to me. But, um, you know, Edmonton, in order to get a guy with four million, you got to send out somebody. So you'd probably have to do him for CC. And does Washington want to do that? Maybe because the contract's one year less, but I think they really like Nick Jensen. So I'd be surprised well, yeah. if Jensen's on their list of guys to trade. I don't, I, I think you're right with Washington. I mean, they may trade off a pending UFA. But they're, I don't think they can um, – I don't think they could start into a total rebuild here. They're kind of hamstrung. They're kind of the way uh, Pittsburgh is Yeah. In, in their own way. Pittsburgh signed all their old guard and, the, you know, Latang and Crosby uh, and um, Malkin. Mm-hmm. And now they're stuck with those older guys. I'm yeah. okay being stuck with Crosby. All the other guys, I'm not sure. In Washington, they're beholden – to Alex Ovechkin in his chase for Wayne Gretzky's scoring record. They're beholden to that. They're stuck with it. They're not that good a team, and I don't think th- they're going to get better here in the next couple of years. They're probably not going to be – they're going to get worse. 
They should be doing what Calgary's doing, but I'm telling you, they're not. They're not going to do that on Ovechkin's watch. They're not starting to rebuild till he's got his thing. They're kind of in limbo for a couple of years, and I, I'm with you. If I'm Washington, no, I'm not getting rid of Jensen, or I would be surprised if they got rid of Jensen. Yeah, I know. Uh, that's fair. Uh, looking at, at the Tanev deal, it, like when I look at what Calgary gave, uh, what they got back. Right. And then, you know, they retain some salary. Like the only way Edmonton could have made that trade is if they, um, is if, you know, they would have had to deal somebody else out, whether it's either to Calgary or somewhere else because he just didn't have the cap space. Right. Like when I look at the Tanev deal, like, do you think that's a trade Edmonton will regret not making? Do you think they could have made a deal similar? Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think it was probably there for Edmonton. Like, the, first of all, Craig Connery had, six teams to choose from i i'm surprised at what they got back like the draft picks okay he's got a second he's got a third that could turn into a second this prospect i'm trying to find someone outside of the calgary market that thinks he's going to be a good player right i haven't met the guy i haven't read the guy yet he doesn't he's not a top prospect yeah i was picked in the second round but i'm not sure you know i would edmonton could have given him a better prospect is what i'm trying to say uh, but Edmonton doesn't have a third-round pick next. Uh, yeah, they don't have a third-round pick next year, so that's a problem. You know, they couldn't have matched that. So, I, frankly, I don't think Kat Tanev was ever coming up here. I don't think Conroy was was going to stalk the Oilers yeah. with Could their be best right. defense. I just don't. He yeah. had too many other places to choose from. I don't think it was ever going to happen. Hmm. All right, fair enough. The when you look at the St. Louis Blues and you saw Pavel Buchnevich last night, do you? Uh, if, if, He's a nice player. Yeah. Um, you know, the asking price seems pretty high. If you were Ken Holland and you could make all the money work, would you do the first and the top prospect for Buchnevich? Uh, so, first, I mean, who's, who's Edmonton's top prospect? Define top prospect. Well, I'm guessing, yeah, it would either be, I think it's Holloway or Broberg. It's Holloway or or Broberg, I think, is it not? Yeah. If that's who who we define as top prospect, okay, so we know what that is. And they want a first-round pick. Oh, boy, you know. What am I? Uh, where am I? And what's and Butchnevich makes um, five point eight. I five, think it six? is. Yeah, five eight or something. Five like eight. That. Yeah. Okay. So how am I making that money work? I still got to move somebody out that makes money. Holloway makes seven. You know, makes nine hundred thousand. Yeah. That's a complicated deal for Edmonton. Yeah. Um, I'm still in. I'm still in the in the group that uh, I'll believe Puchnevich is moving when I see it. I'm not sure this is Fair. more of a creation by the media than a reality thing. Yeah. But I don't – I just don't see how – I think Edmonton, frankly, they've got a couple holes in the dike here. Like, they, they they can't – they can't go in to the playoffs with Broberg as their seventh defenseman. You can't do No, it. I agree. they got to have a veteran guy that's their seventh defenseman. So they got to get that guy. They really, really need a depth forward here. Like they need at least one guy on the fourth line with some size that does what the fourth liner does. Nah, maybe for two. Sure. Maybe you two. You say two. Okay. Maybe two. You could get two forwards and a defenseman. Yeah. I agree. You get Butch Navich. No, you can't. I'm getting anybody. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Right? I would agree. You're help get anybody else. Yeah. Nope. I don't think they're going to make a big splash. I know. This is what I think I know. I wrote, I wrote Ken Holland today. I talked to him yesterday. This is what I think I know. Okay. He's getting a defenseman. Yes. 100%. Sure. Yes. 
he would prefer to get a top six forward with that defenseman. But he's very prepared to, if he can't get the top six forward, he's very prepared to stock up his fourth line. That's the order and the progression. I think, you know, it'll, it'll go the big fish first. He's, if he gets the second line winger to play with dry saddle, a guy like, let's say to Foley, let's say, I don't like Tarasenko a bit. I'll throw his name out there. Okay. Um, that guy's going to fall first. Then it's the defenseman. And if there's anything left, if there's any way to do it, they'll get the fourth liner. Maybe they do it both at once, Beck, Mantha and Edmondson from Washington. Yeah, that's that's a possibility, mm-hmm. you know. That's a possibility. Mantha's been pretty good this season. Oh, he's been not, not, not pretty good. Uh, he's been very good. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, people they always say, well, Ken Holland drafted him, so he loves him. I don't think he loved him so much after he drafted him. <laughs> well, he, right? he, he had some pr- good in Detroit. Well, no, he had good years in Detroit. It's when he went to Washington for Verona and he struggled. But in Detroit, he had 25 and 23 goal seasons. Those are pretty good years, right? Like he's, yeah, okay. he, you know what? I, I Like in Washington, the previous coach, like I talked to Alan May at length here the other day. Um, just, you know, asked him about oh, doubt yeah. and different things. And he said, the thing with Mantha is like Carberry, their head coach, he's not going to win because Rick Talk is going to win. But he should be a finalist for coach of the year. He has, you look at no Backstrom, no Kuznetsov, you know, uh, Ovi was a shell of himself for a long time. Um, and, and they're, they're competitive way more. Like if you look at their roster, you're like, how are they competing really? And, um, you know, Mantha, it's got 18 goals spec five on five. So Hyman has more. You know who's second on the orders? McDavid, Kane, and Drysaddle with 12 at five on five. So here's a guy who's, okay. you know, a lot of their kill, kill, skill guys are out. I, I think, and he doesn't play power play a lot. So you don't have to worry about, cause if you bring in a top six guy here who's used to playing the power play, he ain't getting on the power play here, right? Like he gets the crumbs on the second unit. Sure. But you know what I mean? Like he's not going to be, Hey, as, as, uh, what did Adam Oates call? Oh, your cookies. Get your cookies on the power play. So I think if you're going to, a guy like Mantha, when, when you think about chemistry and guys being happy and stuff, if you're producing and you're not used to playing on, like he gets a little second unit power play time. Well, that's what he could get here. Right. But he, as long as he's getting five on five time, he's playing with McDavid or Drysdale. I think he's probably pretty happy. Yeah, got good size. Yeah. He's having a good year. He's a veteran guy now. He's gone from, you know, through all the years. He was a high draft pick, and and he figured it out. He changed his teams. He's done that. It's not his first trade. It's, his, I think, his second. Um, sure, that guy fits for me, and he can play. He's a middle six winger, and he can, you know, he can play next to dry saddle. Why not? Yeah. Spec, have a good one. We will uh, chat with you tomorrow. All right, Jay. There you go. That's uh, the spec report brought to you by GS Construction. Uh, when we come back, Kelly Rudy, we're going to talk a little goaltending with Rudy. We got the uh, skiing report. Oh, skiers and boarders, you're going to be pumped. You're going to be pumped. We get to all that on a busy Thursday edition of the Gregor Show live in the Ewell Studio. E W E L dot C A. Your local electrical distributor. You need anything electrical? They got it all, including Sports fourteen forty, the Gregor Show live in their showroom all the time. So even when you're working, you can be listening at ewel.ca. 5.30, welcome back. Jason Greger, Connor Halley in Sports 1440. Orders Nation YouTube and Facebook is always presented by PlayAlberta.ca. As the uh, Edmonton Orders, uh, if you missed it, victory last night, uh, once again, our one point back of the Vegas Golden Knights uh, with games in hand. The Orders actually have a better points percentage than uh, Vegas. We'll see if they catch him. So, uh, I think it'd be big. 
for uh, for home ice advantage. No question about it. And um, obviously, a stone is out indefinitely. Uh, Jack Eichel starting to take contact according to his coach, but uh, he'll be out a while. Well, not a while, but uh, obviously not going to play for maybe another week. So he's got to take contact first, and then they'll go from there. Uh, let's talk a little goaltending. Uh, one of the best goaltenders uh, is going to get uh, honored on uh, Saturday night in, in Calgary. Uh, former NHL race analyst here on uh, Hockey Night in Canada, Roger Sportsnet, CBC. Kelly Rudy joins us. Kelly, welcome back to the show, man. How you doing? Yeah, great, Jason. Thanks. How are you? I am. Uh, I'm pretty good. So, uh, quick, let's start with Kiprasov. Obviously, you know you mm-hmm. you could probably argue. Well, maybe Mike Vernon, but some would say Kiprasov maybe the best goalie the Flames ever had. Obviously, uh, backstopped him to a to a Stanley Cup uh, final in 2004. Unfortunate loss in Game Seven. Mm-hmm. But as a guy who played the position, what did you respect most or appreciate most about Kiprasov in between the pipes? Well, a couple of things. First of all. Uh, I don't think he and I crossed paths in San Jose because I signed in San Jose, Jason, in 96. Okay. Uh, he was drafted, I want to say, in 95-ish, 94 maybe. Uh, but I know in training camp we had, I think, both years that I was there, we had, uh, or my last year, we had Mike Vernon, myself, and uh, Nabokov. And I'm not sure if Mika came over. But anyways, uh uh, uh, what I really noticed about him is that he was he had a little bit of success in San Jose, but not a ton. And they really made up their mind that Nabokov was the guy moving forward. So mm-hmm. two really good choices, right? So you have either Nabokov or Kiprasov, and it wasn't going to work out for both of them in the same city. So Daryl Sutter knew that. He, he had been familiar with uh, Kiprasov, so... I'm not going to say he took a chance because he was. Everybody knew he was pretty good, but sometimes it just doesn't translate from European hockey to North American hockey. So I think that's what we're all kind of wondering about. And how's this? So I think he had quite a good start, maybe his first two games, and then he got shelled uh, in a game. I want to say against Colorado. I could be wrong, but I think so. And uh, like really, really badly. And then he I, his next game. I said on Hockey Night in Canada. I was like, okay, this is a huge game because I think the two pretty decent games he had were against inferior uh, talent. And I thought, okay, well, yeah, you can do that. But then he goes against Colorado, gets shelled. And I said on the air that night, I remember saying, you only get so many chances. Like, I don't know what everybody's chances are. You might get three or five or unlikely you're going to get as many as 10, but you only get a few and then he went on a tear, and I was like really happy for him that he was able to figure it out before people gave up on him or people thought, you know what, yeah, it was you know maybe a good attempt to get Kiprasov, but he didn't turn out to be much, and now we'll move on and find somebody else. But no, he, he had a, a, a great feel for the game. Uh, most importantly for me, because everybody thinks of how athletic he was and his great uh, lateral movement and so flexible and so on, but to me, the way he, like all great ones, he read the play. So... He was on top of it, and and because of that, he was able to uh, judge his depth really, really well. So sometimes if he he thought that the uh, guy with the puck had two or three options and perhaps you play a little bit deeper because you're unsure if he's going to shoot or uh, what his other options would be, whereas it's a pretty clear cut that the guy has no other options but to shoot, then he'd find himself maybe a foot or two outside the crease, taking away some of the angles. So he just had a great feel for the game. And by the way, uh, I guess the last thing is how durable he was. I mean, that guy was a, a machine. He played 
uh, I can't remember how many games uh, or how many seasons, 70-plus games in a row. That is phenomenal. Kelly Rudy joins us. Kelly, you look at Calgary, and, you know, Jacob Markstrom's had an excellent season for them. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. It, it's kind of odd because he's had a really good year, then an off year, then a good year and an off year. It's kind of, you know, being odd his time in Calgary. Mm-hmm. But he's been great this year. There were some rumblings, maybe a trade in New Jersey. It didn't happen. Um, you know the goalie position very well, Kelly. And you look at a young guy like Wolf, right? Like, he's great in the American League. There's no question, mm-hmm. right? He's been goalie of the yeah. year there twice. But the the AHL to the NHL, especially, you know, like there's not a lot of six foot tall goaltenders. There are some for sure, but what do you, what do you make of Wolf? Is it too early to know what he's going to be at the NHL yet or what you've seen? You say, okay, I think it's transferable to the NHL. Well, it is transferable. There's no doubt about that. And uh, he deserves a chance to find some rhythm and uh, find out then everybody can really find out is he a true NHL player or not because he really falls into the category what I said earlier about Kiprasov uh, how many chances do you get and so he hasn't exactly torn the league apart when he's been called up this year and mm-hmm. and so that gives you a little bit of concern that I would have expected at least one or two of those games would have been masterpieces Uh, and then you know you can maybe have a couple iffy games because you're still trying to figure out the league and the players I remember Jason one of my first games in the National Hockey League and uh, there was a guy well of course you remember James Patrick long time NHL defense and his brother Steve Patrick was a, a really high draft choice uh, and he scored a goal on me coming out of the corner, and I, I, I let it in five hole, and I have no idea what he was up to, and he completely fooled me because in all of my time in junior or in the minors, I had never seen a, a move like that in my life. And so the point of that story is that that'll be the same for Dustin Wolf. He's going to be in situations – and he'll be playing against shooters uh, and experienced guys, and they'll do something really, really clever or unique that he's never seen before, and you've got to learn quickly. You've got to adapt and go, oh, I didn't think that was an option, or I didn't think that that player had that ability to do it. And it was actually really important for me, uh, Jason, that it was Steve uh, Patrick because because it wasn't – it wasn't uh, Mario Lemieux or somebody. It was a you know a guy that was uh, a role player basically at that point, and that was a great lesson for me. Like holy cow, these guys are unbelievable, and I better really start improving here, or else I will not have a long career. Yeah. Okay. So it is one where you you know you got to learn, and it's really it's kind of hard, but you can only learn how to play in the NHL by playing in the NHL, right? That's like, right. That's that's a challenge for goalies and even other positions, but definitely goaltenders. And it's hard. Like, you're a defenseman. You can say, okay, well, I come up here. Maybe I'm only going to be a third-pair guy to start, and I'm going to get sheltered yeah. minutes. And you can't really get sheltered right. minutes as a goalie, right? That's the uh, that's always the challenge. Yes, and it's it depends on, you know, what is better? If, if the coach throws you in against, uh, let's say, a team like Arizona, that they're struggling right now, and I only bring them up because I'm watching the Leafs in Arizona play as we were speaking, but is it is it better to play against a, a weaker opponent or is it better to play a, a top team And because your team will be uh, more in tune with the game, your team will be more engaged. And I guess, once again, I kind of had that experience. I was kind of finding my way in my second year. We had three goalies. We had Billy Smith, Roly Melanson, and myself. And I couldn't find any traction in my second year. And it was a little bit like Dustin Wolf. And then we played uh, in Philadelphia. 
on the spectrum, and I was the starting goalie. And and that I think reason why we played. I played really well. The team played really well. We ended up tying 3-3. I stopped a penalty shot in the third period, and I personally believe that was the game where the Islanders decided that I was the guy to be Billy's partner, and then uh, they okay. shipped out Roley uh, shortly after that. So you need a statement game as well, and uh, everybody's looking for it. Kelly Rudy joins us. Kelly, uh, Stuart Skinner, right? Uh, probably played more than he, that they would have liked or hoped uh, last year and you know got a lot of experience from it. Uh, now this season, of course, has become the the go to guy for the Edmonton mm-hmm. Orders. You know, he had a, he had a really good stretch, then a little bit of a funk in, in February, and he's come mm-hmm. back now. The last two games, what have you seen in his game that you like? And uh, do you notice anything when he's struggling? What's the noticeable signs from a goaltender that you see when he's struggling? Okay, so last Saturday was a great example. So I took the Saturday off, and I'm watching the Oilers uh, Flames, okay. and immediately. During that game, I'm thinking, okay, this one's a bit of a struggle for him. And to me, uh, he's not reading the play as sharply as uh, he normally would. And sometimes when you're not, you get stuck a little bit deeper in your net. I thought that was the case last Saturday. Okay. Uh, and then you're trying to make reactionary saves, and that's really difficult, especially if you're not quite right in the groove. And so I think that was the reason why Calgary scored so many high shots on him. Uh, and, and it's a battle. Like you have that internal conversation with yourself sometimes. Now you try to limit this during the course of a game, but sometimes there's that voice and it'll be, okay, like what is happening here? How, how come I can't read a play when, you know, two weeks ago I was on top of the world. I'm making every save plus the ones that people didn't think I could make. And I'm making them pretty easily. And, uh, it's just the strangest position. That's why everybody says it's the hardest position in pro sports and uh, you have to live with all the highs and lows and and uh, try and find a way to keep that inner vo- voice positive because sometimes it's uh, it's challenging you and it's uh, you're fighting that voice and you know with Skinner I like how calm he is yeah. when when he's playing great like he's, he he looks so relaxed and that's what you're hoping from every single goalie that he looks as though this position and all the stress and everything that comes with it, the pressure, that it doesn't bother you one bit. And then, like I said, two weeks later and all of a sudden you're fighting it. And then the last two games, he's been fantastic again. And Kelly, I know uh, we had you on before and you talked a lot about, uh, you know, the kind of the mental health challenges you had when you played and, you know, and, yep. and still have, but, it, but you know, it was sure. like you talked about Stuart Skinner and, and like he's a real big believer in mental toughness and just how to, how to, um, like when he talks openly, he's like, hey, you know what? Yeah, I didn't have a bad game. You know what? I, and other times, like, you know what? I played really well, even if he sure. allows three yep. goals, right? Like, yep. you know, it's, and he's really focused on that. And I remember you telling me how half mm-hmm. the battle for you was I had the ability but it was more so the battle within my between my ears that I had to overcome. Well, and because every game is different, yeah. and you know, it's uh, it's a challenge. Every, every practice is different. Every practice is hard, and so there's definitely, uh, you know, there's a there was a really good stretch in my uh, career where I didn't have many of those voices that I had to battle, and then yeah. uh, certainly early on when you know, I was. It was coming, you know, fast, and I was like, oh, boy, can I handle this? And, you know, you're, you're questioning yourself a little bit. Then I got in that long stretch where no problem. And then I got a little bit older, and, Jason, that's when – and I still see it with NHL goalies now. They're uh, All of a sudden, they get to that age, and whatever the age that is for everybody's different. Is it 27? Is it 30? Is it 31? 
that they're they're in an internal battle because their their brain is telling them occasionally, like, how much longer can you be at this level? How much longer are you going to be at that elite level that you're at for four or five years? And it's it's interesting how the brain works, and nobody's excluded from that. And yeah. So that's the that's the fascinating thing I like watching about the position because I because I lived it I have a real good understanding where the players might be mentally. And uh, quickly, lastly, Kelly, if there was one goalie out there, like like I don't think there's a goalie really available that's an upgrade uh, for Edmonton. Um, you know, Markstrom's obviously not coming here, and I don't think mm-hmm. UC Saros is is getting traded. But um, do you see like Nijelkovic? Is is there a backup goalie you think Colorado or somebody should go be looking to get? Colorado, wow, <clears throat> that's a great question. Uh, I would say, oh boy, <sighs> yeah, this is a tough one because the Leafs are unsure with their two. But yes, Jones be a guy because something something's got to give with the Leafs. They have three goalies. They don't want to put Jones, send them back down to the minors because you've got to clear waivers. So they're definitely afraid they would lose him. So could they work out a deal with Colorado that mm. it doesn't cost? get a pretty solid goalie that that's found a way that's a really good story by the way martin jones has found a way to sort of uh resurrect his career right i think yeah. he just turned 34 years old and although he was a big part of seattle and getting to the playoffs last year he didn't have great numbers and stuff but this year i think uh because of the way he's played when samsonov was really struggling a lot of people are now going hey you know what he's a viable option again yeah, no, that's very true. Kelly, great stuff, man. Really good to catch up with you. Have a great uh, weekend. Enjoy the uh, the week leading up to the trade deadline. You got it. Thanks, Jason. Take care. You betcha. There's uh, Kelly Rudy from uh, Roger Sportsnet and uh, CBC. Quick break. We'll come back with the ski report on the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Bye, 50. Welcome back. Jason Gregor, Connor Halley with you on Sports 1440 Orders Nation YouTube. And it's time now for the Snow Valley Ski Report. And who you're going to like it. Is the Sports 1440 Ski Report. Your ski report for Thursday, February 29th. Brought to you by the Snow Valley Ski Club. Start your skiing journey at snowvalley.ca. Great conditions in the mountains right now with the Alberta and Eastern BC resorts receiving snow this week. Marmot Basin getting pounded with snow right now. 33 centimeters in the last 24 hours and 65 in the last five days. Down in Banff, Lake Louise had 7 centimeters overnight and 61 in the last five days. Sunshine, 10 centimeters overnight, 23 in the last 24 hours. Norquay, 25 overnight. Nakiska, 29. And Castle Mountain, 23 centimeters in the last 24 hours, allowing them to open up even more of their coveted double black diamond terrain. In the last 24 hours, Kicking Horse has gotten 30 centimeters. Revelstoke, 20. Fernie, 31. Kimberly, 22. And Panorama, 19. There may be some lift and terrain opening delays today as the resorts deal with all the snow and the associated avalanche risk, but it's a good problem to have right now. Great skiing and snowboarding wherever you go right now, be it in the mountain resorts or local hills. Get out and enjoy. That is your Snow Valley Ski Report. Yeah, Marmot Basin, 33 centimeters. Snow still coming down. Whew, get out there! You're gonna love it, man. They've uh, they've needed some in, uh, in Jasper. They haven't had a ton of ton of snow this year. So I know uh, any of you out there that uh, love the snow uh, know what I'm talking about. So that is uh, that is huge news. It's like Christmas came at the end of February. Just need a leap year more often. Cons it's clearly what you need. Yeah, if you're going out there though, take your time. Drive safe, Gregor. I saw the conditions. Big accident. Big oh, pile up. Oh, so you got it. Those okay, things yeah. go hand in hand. Yeah, yeah. Take your time. Yeah. 
Take your time. Uh, tomorrow, it's always, uh, we got a loaded Friday edition for you. Uh, orders will be uh, traveling to Seattle as they get set for uh, another weekend of back-to-back Saturday afternoon in Seattle, Sunday night at home to the Pittsburgh Penguins. And uh, the orders are getting a little help on the out-of-town scoreboard tonight as uh, Vegas, no Eichel, no Stone, not much offense. Uh, they're down 3 nothing to the Bruins after... Uh, 20 minutes. Connor will update you on all the uh, early scores in the NHL. Um, on a busy night, 12 games uh, later on tonight, the uh, Kings and the Canucks. And hey, if you want to do some scouting order fans, guess what? The Penguins and the Kraken, the order's next two opponents, are playing each other tonight. And it's on Sportsnet West at uh, 8 o'clock, so you can watch it. Check it out. On behalf of Connor Halley, I'm Jason Greger. If you missed any part of the show, go to jasongreger.com. All the individual interviews are there. And the entire pod is up anywhere where you get your podcasts. Uh, big thanks to uh, Terry Ryan for joining us as well. Let's get to the uh, Con Man Sports 1440 update brought to you by Douglas Mattresses. You know what? It's your own. And you can try it. And you, you can actually try it for up to a year. But let's be honest. If you, like, if you don't like it after a month, you're returning it. But you have a year, but you won't. Because it's that comfortable. I got one. And man, the thing I like the best keeps me cool. Get yours today. Douglas.ca slash Orders Nation.